from Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Mr. Dollar, my name is Parley Barron. I'm calling... Hollywood? Uh, what insurance company, Mr. Barron? None. You handle all investigations for Eastern Liability and Trust. Yeah, I guess I do. Well, I am sure that they'll be calling you in shortly. What about, sir? A little matter of embezzlement. Oh? Nearly $10,000 that's been stolen from the Berkeley Furniture Manufacturing Company there in Hartford. You're connected with Berkeley Furniture? No, no, actually I am not. Then what's your connection with this embezzlement? I suggest you check with Berkeley and, of course, the insurance company. Of course. When you have learned the facts from them, I am sure you will find it of the utmost importance to contact me. You sent in Hollywood. Yes. Goodbye, Mr. Dollar. Yeah, but where in Hollywood? Hello? Hello? Oh, he's a lot of help. Bob Bailey in the exciting adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Now, act one of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. <laughs> Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Eastern Liability and Trust Company Home Office, Hartford, Connecticut. Following is an account of expenses incurred during my investigation of the Hollywood mystery matter. Expense account item one, ten cents for a phone call to Hal Spidel, who's my regular contact at Eastern Liability and Trust. Well, hi, Johnny. Nice to talk to you again. Yeah, nice to talk to you, Hal. Listen, have you received a report of loss from the Berkeley Furniture Manufacturing Company? Well, they're a client of ours, but no. What makes you ask a thing like that? A phone call I just got. They called you direct? Well, somebody did. A man by the name of Polly... Wait a second. Yes, Miss Turner. Hold everything, Johnny. I'm holding. Hey, what did you say? When? We'll find out how much. Johnny. Yeah? You've got an assignment, boy, and it's Berkeley Furniture Manufacturing Company. Embezzlement? Yes. 10,000? But how you found out about it... Listen, they just found out about it themselves, so get on over there and see what goes, will you? Hal, will do. Yeah, my informant, the man who'd called me, had really known something. But how to locate him? Item two, $1.45, taxi to the Berkeley plant on the northwest edge of town. It's a small company, but an old one. When I flashed my credentials to the receptionist, I was immediately shown into the office of the high and mighty himself. Well, well I must say, your insurance company acts very promptly, Mr. Dollar. Sit down, sir. Thanks, Mr. Berkeley. I'll get straight to the point, sir. We've suffered a considerable loss. Yeah, so I understand from Hal Spidel at Eastern Liability and Trust. $10,000, wasn't it? Oh, yes, nearly $10,000. But I don't recall mentioning the amount to Mr. Spidel. In any event, Mr. Dollar, what I want is that money back. I don't care what you do with the thief. All right, have you any idea who took it, Mr. Berkeley? I certainly have. The ungrateful... Who, sir? One of our bookkeepers. A gentleman who has been with the company over 30 years. A... What are you smiling about, Mr. Dollar? <laughs> well, he's stolen this money from you, but you still call him a gentleman. Because I always thought he was. Did his job, never complained? That's your measure of a gentleman, huh? 
Me? What's that? How much money did he earn, Mr. Berkeley? Sixty, sixty-five dollars a week. What difference does it make? Just uh, wondered. An old man living alone? There's plenty for him. Unless, of course, he was gambling, something like that. Gambling? Him? <laughs> of course not. He never had enough money. Trouble at home, maybe? Is he married? No. He'd never be able to support a wife. After 30 years with your company? I paid him as much as I thought he was worth. Yeah. Or as little as you thought you could get away with. That is really no concern of yours. Return of the money is. All right. Where does he live, Mr. Berkeley? In a small apartment on the north side of town. And when did you last see him? Yesterday, yesterday morning. Said he had to see his doctor in the afternoon. Yes, it's against my usual practice, but I let him off. Mm -hmm. But of course you decided to dock his pay. Naturally. I have to keep discipline in a place like this. Oh, sure. And this morning, when I opened the safe, I discovered that the money was missing. 9,984.75. The case that we had on hand for emergencies. <laughs> I also discovered that he hadn't come to the office. So I phoned his apartment. And? I learned that our respected gentleman bookkeeper left town yesterday afternoon bag and baggage. That doesn't necessarily mean that he took the money. I'd like to know why not. Well, was he the only one who had access to the safe? Of course not. All of the bookkeepers have. How many of them? Others, I mean. Three. But you think for one minute they dared take that money and then come back here and face me? Uh, maybe you got a point there. What? Have you notified the police of this loss? No. I prefer that the whole thing be kept as quiet as possible for the sake of my company's reputation. Please, remember that, sir. Whatever you say, Mr. Berkeley. That's why I have no desire to prosecute him, why I'll refuse to even file charges as long as I get the money back. Yeah. Now, what's his address? 11231 North Maple Street. 11231. But as I told you, he isn't there. He's left town. Yeah, you told me. How old a man is he? In his 60s. But what difference does that make? Oh, and uh, Mr. Dollar. Yeah? Just how did you happen to know about this so soon? I mean the amount that was stolen. From somebody who called me on the phone. Oh. Somebody who apparently knew a good deal about it. If I can locate him, get in touch with him, he can probably be a lot of help in running down this, this, uh... <laughs> Come to think of it, you haven't told me what his name is. The bookkeeper? The embezzler? Yeah. Barron, sir. What? Yes. Parley Barron. Act two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in a moment. And now, act two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, and the Hollywood mystery matter. So the embezzler of the $10,000 was Parley Barron, the same man who'd called me on the phone. Apparently called me before the company even knew the money was missing. And he'd had the audacity to inform me that I should contact him. Yeah. Somewhere in Hollywood. Which is like saying the needle is somewhere in the haystack. Item 3, 250 for a taxi to the little apartment house on North Maple Street. I paid off the driver, then walked into the open foyer and looked for the usual bank of mailboxes to find out which apartment was Parley Barron's. Hey, you want me to wait for you, mister? No, that's no, all right, driver. You go ahead if you want to. Okay, well, let's see. Nelson, Davis, Parrots. Oops. Oh, excuse me, sir. That's all right. Uh, Spalding, Pierce, Robeson. Taxi, wait a minute. Oh, here we are. Baron, apartment 103. Just a minute, young man. Are you a salesman? 
I know. I was just looking up the apartment number of Mr. Parley Barron. Well, he ain't here, mister. You're sure? No, sir. He left here bag and baggage yesterday afternoon. Any idea where he went? No. Who are you? Cops or something? Uh, here. My credentials. Johnny Dollar Insurance. Yeah, that's right. Now, look, I want you to let me into his apartment. Well, yes, sir. Right this way. Uh, something wrong, Mr. Dollar? Ah, no, just a routine investigation. Oh, well, I was sure he'd done nothing wrong. Oh, why do you say that? Well, nice, quiet old man like him. Why should he? Only excitement he ever has is when his niece comes to visit with him. His niece? Yes, sir. Name's Virginia. Ginny Locker. Wonderful girl. <laughs> sort of drops in here to look after him once in a while, cook him a good meal. <laughs> now, here we are. Hmm. Well, it sure looks like he left in a hurry. Closet's open, doors pulled out. <sighs> Where can I find this niece you mentioned? Why, didn't you see her when you just came in? That girl who bumped into me down in the lobby, that was Jenny Lockhart? Well, must have been. Guess she dropped in for a visit with her uncle, found him gone, and then lit out again. And I didn't have sense enough to get a good look at her. Well, now, here's a picture of her, mister. Sent it to him from her vacation last winter. Vacation, huh? Blue sky and palm trees. Down Hollywood, I understand. Is that where she's headed for now? Well, now you got me there. Wait a minute. Yes? What's that you picked up, mister? It was a note, I guess. Yeah, it's addressed to her. Ginny, my dear. The doctor you had me see has finally told me the truth. Is this his handwriting? Yeah, that is all right. He's finally told me the truth. I have less than a week to live. Oh, my, my. And so for the first time in my life, except for some happy moments with you, I'm going to really live, make up for some of the things I've had to miss all these years. Well, say now. Yes. You may have some idea where I've gone, but please, please, dear, don't try to follow me. You're loving... Hollywood. Yeah, like I said, that's what... And she ran off with a taxi I had. Oh, you want me to call you a taxi, mister? I sure do, brother, and fast. (laughs) Item 4750 for a trip to the airport that should have got the cabbie locked up for life. We ran every stoplight along the way. So what happened? I got there just in time to see a plane taking off. And the man at the ticket counter politely informed me that Virginia Lockhart was among the passengers headed for New York. And where would she go from there? Hollywood. I'd bet my last nickel on it. Yeah, and she could lead me to the man I was after. I checked the schedules of all the airlines leaving New York. If I took the next plane out of Hartford, I could barely make a flight out of New York to the West Coast. In other words, Hollywood. Item 516280 for a through ticket. When we arrived in New York, where I had only seconds to change planes, I was the first one off. And then I saw her. She was boarding a plane from another ramp. By breaking a couple of records for the 100-yard dash and pulling my way through the gate, I managed to climb aboard just as the doors were being closed. A quick flash at my credentials kept the stewardess from throwing me off, and in a couple of minutes, we were airborne. Now, I guess we'd better make some arrangement about your ticket, sir. Huh? Tickets? Yes, sir. Oh, no. Here, I already have it. Here you are. Oh, thank you. I'll just... Mr. Dollar? Yeah? 
I'm sorry, but this ticket is for Los Angeles. Well, sure, sure. That's where I'm going. Well, not on this plane, I'm afraid. Uh, this is a non-stop flight to Miami. What? Yes, sir. Miami, Florida. Act three of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in a moment. Now, act three of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, and the Hollywood mystery matter. Wait a minute. This plane is headed for Florida? Yes, sir. Non-stop flight to Miami. But I thought this was... Look, I gotta get to Los Angeles, to Hollywood. I'm sorry, Mr. Dollar. Oh, not half as sorry as I am. So what do I do now? Well, I'm afraid there isn't much you can do. So why don't you go up in the cabin where there's one extra seat and... Well, just relax and enjoy it. <sighs> okay, miss. Great. I'd been so sure it was Virginia Lockhart I'd seen climb aboard this plane that she'd lead me to her uncle in Hollywood, to wherever he was in Hollywood. So what happened? I was stuck aboard a plane to Miami. All right, I took the advice of the stewardess and walked forward into the cabin to find a seat. And for once, luck was with me. The one vacant seat in that whole plane was right next to... Yeah, you guessed it. To Ginny Lockhart. But why Miami? Could she possibly know that I was on the trail of Parley Barron? Was this a trick to lead me off his trail? I decided there was only one thing to do. Play it like I hadn't the least idea in the world who she was. And at the same time, see if I could learn anything from her. As, uh... <clears throat> as long as we're, uh, seatmates on this trip, we may as well know each other. My name's Johnny. Uh, Johnny Dollar. Miss, uh... How do you do, Mr. Dollar? Be, uh, kind of nice to get on down south and away from all the snow and cold, won't it? Would, would you like some champagne? I, I understand all I have to do is flag down the stewardess and she'll be... Uh, how about it? No. Thank you. Well, uh, excuse me for saying so, but you look worried about something. I'm sure it wouldn't interest you. But, uh, you know, sometimes it does a lot of good to cry on somebody's shoulder, and since we'll probably never see each other again after this trip, and, well, I, I have a good broad shoulder... Thank you, but it's not necessary. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to... Going down to Florida for a vacation? No. I'm going to Florida to try to save somebody's life. Oh? But I'd rather not talk about it. And she didn't. Or did she talk about anything else during the rest of the flight? As we came into Miami, I decided the only thing I could do was transfer to a plane for Los Angeles and hope for the best. But she was my only real lead to Parley Barrett. And if I left her here and went on to Hollywood... So I changed my mind. I decided to stay with her. Item six, nine dollars even for a taxi that followed hers out of Miami airport, then headed north. And where do we end up? Hollywood. Hollywood, Florida. Hollywood by the sea. And the Diplomat Hotel. I watched her make inquiries at the desk, heard the clerk tell her room 716. I managed to get an elevator before she did. By the time she reached the door of 716 and raised her hand to knock, I was standing right beside her. Mr. Johnny Dollar, what are you doing here? I've been following you, Jenny. 
Why? To find your uncle, Parley Barron, who stole $10,000 from the company he was working for. He what? Yeah. And unless I'm all wet, this is the door to his suite. You say he stole... I found he the note stole... he'd written to you, Jenny, back at his apartment in Hartford. Mr. Dollar, Johnny... Yeah, and it all ties up, including his phone call to me. It was to make me think he was headed for Hollywood, California, to throw me off, give him time. Please listen to me. He, he said went... that for once in his life, for the few remaining days of it, he was really going to live it up. So he came here to the Hollywood that you told him about. Came here for one last desperate, glorious fling. Listen, that's what he thought. But don't you see... And the more the... I've thought about it, thought about that crummy, penny-pinching outfit that he worked for for 30 miserable years, the more I hated this assignment. Hated the thought of having to deprive that poor old man of this one last chance to get some fun out of life. Because all I know about him is that he's a decent sort who's been taken advantage of. He's a wonderful man. And he's been a good man all his life. Jenny, don't you see, unless I get him, return the $10,000 to his firm... Johnny, listen. He can't have spent $10,000, and I'll make up the rest. <sighs> Sorry, Jenny. You're not the police. You're not the law. But I have a job to do. Does that dirty old company want the money? Or does it want him? Johnny? For the sake of my company's reputation, that's why I have no desire to prosecute him. Why, I refuse to even file charges. As long as I get the money back. Johnny, if I give you enough to take the $10,000 back to them... Okay. Okay, Jenny, it's a deal. Oh, thank you. I'm awfully glad. And because of something else, Johnny. Oh? The reason why I was looking for him... What do you mean? The new doctor I'd had him go to a couple of weeks ago, my doctor. He gave him a lot of tests. Then Uncle went back to see him yesterday afternoon. Yes, sir, I understand. It was to find out the result of the tests, and the doctor told him wrong. The lab reports had got mixed up. You mean that he isn't going to die? No. And the doctor tried to call him but couldn't reach him, so he called me. That's why I went to his apartment. But he'd left, so I came down here to try to find him. I tried to tell you, Johnny, because... Well, don't you see? He's going to be all right. Well, then, Jenny, I, I guess that leaves only one more thing to be done. What, Johnny? Tell him the good news. <sighs> oh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a sucker for a good-looking girl. And uh, maybe this makes me an accessory to the crime. But you know something? And you can blame it on the holiday season, anything you like. I don't care. Expense account total, including the trip back to Hartford. Well, a happy new year to you, too. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Our star will return in just a moment. Because of another adventure in Hollywood, Florida. But that one you'll have to read about in the February issue of Harper's Bazaar. It's just out, so grab a copy, will you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Yours 
truly Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, originates in Hollywood and is written, produced, and directed by Jack Johnstone. Heard in our cast were Virginia Gregg, Gene Tatum, Harley Bear, Forrest Lewis, Junius Matthews, and Frank Gerstle. Be sure to join us next week, same time and station, for another exciting story of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. This is Dan Coverly speaking. Gunsmoke rises today on the CBS Radio Network. Hi, everyone. The holiday season is upon us, and I'll be glued to the telly for BritBox on many a night. I've already shared with you the fact that I keep up with Father Brown and Poirot at BritBox. I also check out their new stuff, like the new series Archie, which tells the story of Archie Leach, otherwise known to millions of filmgoers as Cary Grant. This story comes from his daughter Jennifer Grant and ex-wife Diane Cannon. It's a series. The performance of Jason Isaacs, who plays Cary Grant, is top-notch. I highly recommend it. You can only find it on my favorite TV, BritBox. Sign up to BritBox today to stream Archie and other fan favorites today from any device. I have a special limited-time offer for my U.S. and Canadian listeners. Get 50% off your first month when you sign up for a monthly plan, but only if you go to BritBox.com and use my promo code 1001STORIES at checkout. Don't wait. Get 50% off your first month. Just use promo code 1001STORIES at BritBox.com. Try it. You'll like it. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Johnny Dollar. This is Carol Carson, Mr. Dollar. Oh? You don't know me, and I'm sorry to be calling so late. What time is it, anyway? About 1 a.m. A friend of yours, Mr. Ralston, mentioned your name to me yesterday. What, Ralston? He said you were here in New York for the weekend and mentioned your hotel. Look, Miss uh, Carson, is it? Yes, Carol Carson. Yeah, it's nice talking to you and all that, but it is rather late. But I realized what had happened a few moments ago. You were the first person I thought of. Maybe you can help me, Mr. Dollar. I need help badly. What's the trouble? I'm at the apartment of Everett Reed on East 67th. Could you come over? Any particular reason? Yes. I think I've just killed him, Mr. Dollar. I'll be right over. Exciting adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly. And now, Act One of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Universal Adjustment Bureau Home Office, Hartford, Connecticut. Following is an account of expenses incurred during my investigation of the deadly doubt matter. 
Expense account item one, $1.80. Cab from my hotel to the apartment of Everett Reed on East 67th. Carol Carson was waiting for me at the door. She looked sort of dazed as she pointed to a body on the floor. He's dead, Mr. Dollar. Everett Reed? Let's see. Yes. This is his apartment. You said over the phone you thought you'd kill him. Well, he's dead, all right. That's not what I meant. I meant I thought I was the one who killed him. I'm not sure. Oh? I had... Oh, I don't know. Doesn't seem to matter. He's dead. I guess that's all that matters. He's dead. Come on, now. Get a hold of yourself, Carol. I'm sorry. I guess I'm not making much sense. I feel sort of funny, lightheaded. All right. Let us sit down. Thanks. Now, why don't you start at the beginning? All right. I came to see Everett tonight about 11 o'clock, I guess. He was a friend of yours? No. He sent for me, and I had to come. Mind telling me why? He insisted that I have a drink with him. Then I started to feel funny. How so? Dizzy. I had to get some air. You think there was something in the drink? There must have been. He didn't want me to leave, but I had to. What time was that? Around 11.30, I think, a little before, maybe. Go on. I wandered around the streets. I was in kind of a daze. How long were you wandering around? It seemed like a long time. Then what? I came back here to the apartment. I had a terrible headache. I remember walking in the door and... Well, that's all. That's all? What do you mean, that's all? That's all I remember. I must have passed out. When I came to, I was lying on the floor and that gun was near my hand. In front of me was... That's when I called you. That's all you can tell me? I'm afraid so. It isn't much, is it? It sure isn't. Mr. Dollar... I can't believe I killed him. I couldn't have... Oh, now, look, Carol. You say you left this apartment a little before 11.30. The police medical examiner will be able to tell the approximate time of death. If you weren't here at that time... But that's just it, Mr. Dollar. I don't know how long I was on the streets. It seemed like a long time, but... Oh, my head was spinning and everything was pretty hazy. Now, look, you've got to remember where you went. Try to think. Oh, it's no good. I... Coffee. A cup of coffee. You stopped somewhere for a cup of coffee? I think so. Where? I remember a neon sign on on 3rd Avenue. Oh, you've got to do better than that. That's all I remember. Did you talk to anyone while you were walking around? I don't... Yes. Yes. Somebody was following me, I think. A man. He was following me for quite a while. He told me his name. Ted? No, Tom. Yes, it was Tom. What did he look like? Curly hair, I remember that. Dark eyes. Oh, look, that description fits thousands of guys in New York. I know, Mr. Dollar. The whole story, I... Well, it doesn't sound very convincing, does it? I called Detective Lieutenant Mike Tovich of Homicide, and he was there ten minutes later. He was still questioning her when I left. 
Item two, one dollar drinks for me. Well, I thought about the whole deal. Of all the guys in New York, why did she have to pick on me? But yeah, I'd do what I could to help her. Because that story of hers, it sounded so phony. It just might be true. Act two, yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in a moment. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, and the deadly doubt matter. Item three, $2.20, a telephone call to Pat McCracken at Universal Adjustment Bureau. Yeah, Everett Reed had been insured by one of Universal's member companies, so I got myself officially assigned to the case. Then I went to work, checking out Carol Carson's story, what there was of it, and it wasn't much. All she'd remembered was wandering around the streets, getting a cup of coffee somewhere on 3rd Avenue, and being followed by a guy named Tom. I started checking every joint on 3rd Avenue from 60th to 70th Streets. An hour and a half later, I hit pay dirt at Eddie's Bar and Grill. Yeah, yeah, I think I remember all right. Carson. Carol Carson. Her name don't mean nothing, but from the description you give me, yeah, sure, I remember now. I remember thinking she looked kind of funny when she walked in, like she was in a daze or something. All right, all right. Now, what time was it when she came in here? I don't know, two, three hours ago. That's not good enough. Was it 11? 11.30? Midnight? Well, what? Well, maybe around midnight, maybe. Was she wrong? Yeah. You sure about that? Well, as far as I can remember, I kind of remember somebody in the doorway after she'd come in, but I didn't know if it was somebody with her or not. All right, what happened then? So she asked for a cup of coffee, so I poured it and set it down in front of her, so she left. She what? Yeah, got up and left, still acting sort of funny. I see. How much of a time can you account for that? Huh? I mean, how long was she here in your place? No more than about one minute, Mac. Oh, great. Item four, a dollar eighty camp fare to police headquarters and Lieutenant Mike Tovich in homicide. Look, Johnny, you're not trying to tell me I should buy an alibi like Carol Carson's, are you? So it is pretty vague, Mike. Vague enough to be true. At least she was telling the truth about going into that joint on 3rd Avenue for a cup of coffee. So she's covered for one minute out of two hours. Two hours? She said she went to Reed's apartment about 11 o'clock. Right. The medical examiner says time of Reed's death was between 11.30 and 12.30. She called you at 1 o'clock. But if she can prove she was out of that apartment for that hour... She's only proved she was out of it for a minute plus the time it took to get to 3rd Avenue and back. Say, five minutes each way. That'd still give her plenty of time to kill him. But if we could find this guy named Tom, she says she was that was following her around. Maybe he could prove she was out of the apartment during the time of the murder. Oh, sure. That was a real helpful description she gave us. Curly hair and dark eyes. Yeah, yeah. Look, Johnny, so you're taking a liking to her. That's too bad, but don't let it make a fool out of you. Mike, did Carol tell you why she went to Reed's apartment? No, no, she wouldn't talk about it. She also wouldn't explain a lump she has on the side of her head. Yeah, we think she got it fighting with Reed. What do you know about him? Bad boy. A big gambler. And the way we heard, he'd been winning pretty big lately. Hmm. Maybe somebody he won from couldn't pay off, except with a bullet. Yeah, maybe anything, Johnny. Prove it, and I'll listen. Who did Reed run around with, you know? Usual crowd, Johnny. Jack Vissel, that outfit. Vissel, huh? Now, if Reed won a lot of money from him... Like I say, Johnny, anything you can prove... Yeah, yeah. Come in. Lieutenant Tovich? That's right. I'm Larry Bowman. I want to know what's going on with Carol Carson. Oh? 
What's it to you, Mr. Bowman? She's my fiancée, and you better locked up. That's right. Suspicion of murder. Oh, that's ridiculous. She didn't kill anybody, and you know it. Look, Mr. Bowman, if I knew it, she wouldn't be locked up, would she? Now, maybe you can tell us why she went to this Everett Reed's apartment last night. I don't know why she went, and I don't propose to ask her either. I trust the lieutenant. And if she went to see him, she had good reason. But, but Carol's not the kind who could kill anybody. You must have realized that just talking to her. The main thing that I realize is that my personal opinion is beside the point, Bowman. Look, the thing we need to know is if Carol was away from Reed's apartment for almost an hour and a half like she seems to think she was, walking around the streets. Why didn't you say that sooner? I, I can prove she was. Oh. I was with her. Uh-huh. Funny, she didn't mention it. She was uh, probably confused. You sure you're not the one who was confused? Now, look, I tell you, I was with her. Okay. Where were you? On the street. What street? I don't remember. 68th Street, I think. That's not the street Carol says she was on. As I say, she was probably confused. Where'd you go? To, uh, to a bar. Where'd you have to drink? At all? Carol, too? Well, sure, why not? Oh, you're fighting a losing battle, Bowen. Carol says she had a cup of coffee on 3rd Avenue and that a guy named Tom was following her. Now, listen, you I... You told us enough, Bowman. I can't blame you too much for trying, I guess, but it won't work. You weren't with Carol and you know it. I know she didn't kill him. You mean you hope she didn't, when it comes to knowing. Right now, every bit of evidence we got says she did, and we've got nothing that says she didn't. Johnny Dollar in a moment. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar and the Deadly Doubt Matter. <laughs> Item 5, 30 cents, coffee for Larry Bowman and me at a little joint around the corner. Lieutenant Tobes can talk about evidence until he's blue in the face, Dollar. Carol's not a killer. You prove that and Tobes will be the first to listen. But cooking up phony alibis for Carol is not going to help any. Okay, okay, so it was a stupid thing to do. But I can't just stand by and do nothing. Don't you have any other leads you can follow up? One, maybe. Why, what is it? Reed was a gambler. Could be somebody was losing big to him. Carol's my fiancée. I know she doesn't have that kind of money. Anyway, she doesn't gamble. I wasn't thinking about Carol. Who then? Jack Vissel, for instance. We found out Reed's been seen with Vissel several times lately. Are you going to question him about it? I may as well. After all, at this point, we got nothing to lose. You're barking up a wrong tree, Dollar. What reason would I have to kill Reed? Could be a real good reason, Vessel. Maybe you lost money to him gambling. Some nights you win, some nights you lose. So maybe you lost more nights than you won. So maybe you owe Reed some money. Oh, that could be the motive. Look, Dollar, why don't you take your crazy theory someplace else? Yeah, I owed Reed money. I owed him all the two bits. Now, is that enough to bump him off? So, I started making the rounds along 3rd Avenue again. But I got nowhere. Nobody remembered seeing her and nobody remembered the guy named Tom, the one she told me had been following her. Two hours later, I gave up. I was beat. I went back to my room and flopped on the bed. 
Yeah? Okay, okay. Johnny Dollar? That's right. Who are you? Well, I'm the guy you've been looking for. What? My name's Tom. That ring a bell? It sure does. Are you the one who was walking around the streets with Carol Carson? That's right. I'm her alibi. So I bust my neck trying to find you, and it ends up with you finding me. Well, I've read in the papers it looked bad for Carol unless they found the guy who was with her. You didn't show up any too soon, believe me, brother. How long were you with her? Oh, I figure at least an hour. I kept following her, and uh, once in a while she'd stop and talk, but uh, she seemed kind of dazed. Yeah, apparently, Reed put something in her drink. Anyway, I finally gave up. I uh, figured if it was that tough to get acquainted, what's the use? But you're willing to swear you were with her for an hour? Why, at least. From around 11.30 to after 12.30. That clears her. Come on. <laughs> Item 6, $1.80 camp fair to headquarters. Tom repeated his statement. And Carol identified Tom as the man who'd been following her. So, it looked like it was all over. I... I guess I'll never be able to thank you enough, Johnny. I, well, if it hadn't been for uh, you... Well, let's, let's just say I'm the stubborn type, Carol. Once I believed your story, I had to follow through on it. Oh, it's hard to realize I'm free. It's been like a bad dream. Yeah. I'll bet Larry Bowman's glad it's over, too. Have you called him yet? No, I'll call him from my apartment. Johnny, all I can say is thanks again. Carol took a cab to her apartment. I started back into the building, and then, out of the corner of my eye, I spotted another cab pulling away from the curb, following Carol's. And it was Tom. I figured I'd better join that procession. I tagged along to Carol's apartment. Inside, I could hear voices. The door was unlocked. Carol was in the process of handing over some money to Tom. Johnny! Yeah. Looks like I got here just in time to witness the payoff. So you bought yourself an alibi, Carol. No. Now, look, Dollar. You better stay out of it. Carol, I got to hand it to you. You really had me fooled. Well, you don't understand, Johnny. Don't be a sucker, Dollar. Cut yourself in on a pie. I'm willing to have a partner. What are you talking about? Well, last night when I followed Carol back to Reed's apartment... Just as I was leaving, I spotted somebody coming down the fire escape. I followed him, found who he was and where he lived. Then when the story came out in the papers, I realized I knew who the killer was. So I figured I'd make some dough out of it. But not as long as Carol was in jail. Johnny, just now when he wanted money to keep him from telling the police, I... Well, I didn't know what to do. I thought if I gave him what I had, it would keep him satisfied until I could figure out... Larry! No! No! Spun around, but it was too late. Oh! Oh, oh. The open door. It struck Larry's arm, deflected his shot. Before he could shoot again, I nailed him. Johnny, are you all right? Yeah. Larry Bowman's the killer. I guess I was afraid of that right from the start. You see... Larry'd been gambling with Reed and losing to him. I tried to make him stop, but he wouldn't. Finally, he lost more than he could pay. So you went to Reed's apartment to try and square it, huh? Reed told me maybe something could be worked out. When he put something in my drink, I realized what he meant. That's why I got out. And Larry entered the apartment when you were away, killed Reed, slugged you when you came back, and planted a gun on you. 
I guess so. I wasn't sure until Tom told me he'd seen Larry climb down that fire escape. First, I just... I just couldn't believe that Larry would... How do you figure a thing like that, Johnny? How do you figure it? I didn't try to answer that one because I didn't have an answer. It just, it just isn't any. Item 8, $13.40, incidentals and transportation back to Hartford. Expense account total, $41 even. Yeah, Larry Bowman's gambling was a big, fat mistake. First with Everett Reed, then in trying to frame Carol. I guess that's the trouble with gambling. You push your luck too far, and sooner or later you're bound to lose. Yours truly, Johnny Duff. Our star will return in just a moment. Now, here is our star to tell you about next week's story. Next week, a doting dowager who sets me out on the wildest case I ever handled. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, salute station KRMG in Tulsa, Oklahoma.